Hello, and welcome to Conversations Between Widows. I am one of the co-hosts, Tanya Wilson. And I'm your other co-host, LaSharma Jefferson. And we're bringing you weekly conversations about our widow journey. Our purpose is to provide our listeners with a window seat into how two young women who became widows too soon are navigating life after their loss. Our goal is to provide another support system to other widows on the same journey to help them feel less alone. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and shake your head profusely in agreement to what Tanya and I and our guests are talking about. So come on in and enjoy the conversation. Hey, Tanya. How's everything going? How's the week going? Oh, everything is good. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward. It's October 1st, the date that we're recording this. And I'm just hoping that work slows down a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, the fall semester kicked off at the end of August. And so I've been really busy in the month of September. And uh, we just had homecoming at the college. And so we had a library event on a Saturday. And I don't usually work on Saturdays anymore, but I had to go to work on a Saturday. And it's just been crazy busy, you know, and that's librarian life. And it's so funny because people literally think we just sit there and, you know, pass out books or something. <laughs> but it's like, no, it's, it's really a lot of work. It's very overwhelming mentally like when you are helping somebody with their research and just a lot of combing through articles uh, I've spent like an hour which each, with each student that I've worked with um, that I had appointments with last week and when I'm done with them it's like mm-hmm. whoa I need a break like I want to walk away from the computer I need about 30 minutes to like regroup after one of those sessions Okay. So I'm just hoping things kind of settle down and, and slow down in the month of October, especially because it's my birthday month. And so <laughs> I like I want to, you know, be in celebration mode and just, you know, chill. Like, let me relax and enjoy my birthday month. So Absolutely. that was my week. How was your week? Uh, well, uh, one of Ox's... Um, um, Play football uh-huh. has stopped, so that has freed up our weekdays. So I'm getting used to that. Work is uh, under a little stress because of some things that is going on. Um, we kind of mirroring a little bit of the other industries that's experiencing, you know, like health. layoffs. Okay. So, um, but I try to stay hopeful even though it's, you know, dreadful, but it, it is because of that, it brings on more stress. Uh, it, it brings, a, it, culture, culturally, it brings on more stress. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, so that that's the part that stresses me out. But then I have the other activities, like uh, I'm the community service chair <laughs> on my, in my chapter um, that I'm working to get our initiative. Once that initiative is complete, then I can get a little breathing room because it's October and we're doing the breast cancer um, awareness month. So just trying to get everything in line for that. And then I don't know. What else do I do? I do a whole lot. You're like, what else do I do? (laughs) Yes, I do a whole lot. Washing, taking care of the house, you know what I'm saying? Um, I took a leap today. You know, yesterday I went to, I got my bachelor's from Michigan State. So I missed their homecoming, which was last week uh, or the week before, because now we in a new week. Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. So then, you know, the University of Phoenix, usually um, that's where I got my MBA from. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
they usually send a lot of brochures after you graduate. They are very, they do communicate a lot. So normally I put the, the communications in the delete box because, <laughs> you know, I normally can't do it or it's money, financials. I'm not willing to allocate to them at this time because I'm still paying on them. <laughs> they like Michigan State. Until I pay that person, uh, loans off. I won't be able to allocate anything additional. Um, right, right. I can't, I'm not celebrating with y'all right now. Yeah, but the alumni have reached out and said, hey, we're doing this free uh, Detroit Princess cruise for homecoming week. Are you willing to go? And I was like, free? Yeah. Free? So True. I put down two because I remember I missed the one for the Delta due to my uh, retreat. Mm-hmm. And so, you know me, I've been trying to get on the water. So long story short, I went ahead and took a leap. And went by myself. At first, I was going to take Bestie, but uh, something came up. I think our my communication was a little off with that uh, because I thought that she was going to see, but I don't know if she understood what I was saying. But but it didn't matter because again, that's just just discussed our you know our topic that's coming up today uh, is where I'm at in my journey now. Like mm-hmm. when I realized, like I could have called that morning to do a reminder and double check, but I had already knew like, okay, um, it sounded like it was a week. I don't, I'm not going to bother her about it again. I'm just going to go by myself. Now the part where I wanted to like go and not go is because it's so much because I was so tired from the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. So it would have been easier for me to give up <laughs> and be like, no, nope, that's okay. But I'm glad I went. Yeah, I see it myself. And you can't and you can't beat free. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a lady. Shoot. Yes. And but you know, that's another episode for you know what? I don't yeah, it'd be another episode because I can give you a tidbit of that because what's weird is I met two other ladies as I was walking from the parking garage going to the same thing one graduated i think she said she was the first class of you know uh university of phoenix so she's oh, wow. 91 so that's mm-hmm. you know where she's at in her um years and then the other girl i think is like 44 so she probably graduated a little bit before well no that was her guest so she was a little younger she was like my age and as we were talking i didn't know they but all was with them and that was just weird how we kind of coincide and had that, um, I call it that enhanced encounter. Like we was right there at the right time. We all went, we all were widows. One was a widow at 27. Mm, was that the 44 year old? Yeah, and she had been married a few times after that. I was like, oh, yeah. Wow. Had, you yeah. Times. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we definitely have to have her on the show because she has to tell us our journey because that would be unique. And then the other lady, she was a widow and she had lost her um, husband and a child. So I was like, oh, wow. And we were just sitting there talking and chit-chatting and laughing. And then they all went to Mumford again. Different wow. years. Yeah, we all graduates oh, from Mumford. So it was just so odd. I was like, look at God. I felt like he was just smiling. You know what I'm saying? You know how God smiles at you, girl? He was just smiling like you thought you were going to be alone. All you had to do was go like I told you. Get up and go. Yeah. And see, and the thing when, um, because with my alma mater from my uh, master's degree, well, the first master's degree was from Davenport University. Okay. And the thing about um, Davenport, I guess I won't say that. I think when you get a graduate degree, everybody mm-hmm. is coming from different walks of life, from different, you know, places. So when I think about like a homecoming, I always be thinking nine times out of ten, first of all, the people who I went to school with, I only interacted with a few of them. Like people you had group projects with, but I didn't make any connections with people during that program because usually in the graduate program, you're working full time, you know, you're going to school, you know, different schedules in the evening, or you're trying to get these classes done the way you can get them done. And like when I went for Davenport, I was like, they had independent study classes to where I only had to meet with the professor like four times. Uh, during the semester or um, it, the, I'm trying to think virtual classes weren't a thing back then, but it was a lot of independent study, you know. So when I think of when they send me those invitations, you know, for things going on at the school, 
it's always felt like, well, man, I'm not gonna, I kind of felt probably how you were feeling like, yeah. I don't know anybody. I'm not going to see any faces that I recognize right. and like this this reunion type thing. Mm-hmm. But I guess in all honesty, it's really about just connections and growing yeah. your network. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be about the people you were in school with or who you graduated that's exactly with. exactly what they put in the invitation. It's like, this is a good time to network, you know, dress professionally. But you didn't have to really dress professionally. They, they basically wanted you not to be showing skin. Right. <laughs> I know like, like, this is not a party party. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, don't come over here and like you about the, the <laughs> you about to hit up the club over here at um, Blue or something. Like you you need to come over here and just be in casual dress. But yeah, but that's, that's, a, that's inspiring though. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like I said, it discusses where I'm at in my journey because had that been six years, I mean, right when it happened for Widowhood, I would not have went. I don't even think I would have went before COVID. <laughs> I probably would have still, a lot of people be like, you going by yourself? And um, yeah. I am comfortable with saying yes. Yeah, yeah. we're going we're gonna to get a, definitely get into that because we are At our- talking about our 100th, recording our 100th episode. We have been doing this. Yes. Yes. It's amazing that uh, we've been doing this. I definitely, I tip my hat uh, to you, my my co-host, for keeping us here. And I think it's definitely doing things with other people definitely creates a sense of accountability. Because even days when you don't feel like it because you made a commitment, you know, to another person to do this thing, it makes it that much easier, you know, to go forward and do this. And because we know it's not always easy. And because being as consistent as we are, like recording every week, Mm -hmm. (laughs) everybody doesn't do that. I mean, some people, I think the way different people podcast, some people might just do a whole day of recording, you know, but you're a busy mom. I'm a busy person in general, you know, that would be pretty hard to like set aside a whole day to record like five, six episodes, but people get it done how they get it done. But I'm proud of us for selecting the day that we selected because it's both of our least busy day. Yeah. And that really doesn't say that much because we still get busy. I know, right? <laughs> Even on the Sundays. It's like, man, this day I was thinking, because every now and then I'm like, maybe Sundays aren't a good day. Me but too. then if I think Saturday, I'm like, eh, Saturday. Nope. Too much Saturday. Yep. And then yep. when I think during the week, I mean, I think that's okay, like when we have had to do um Makeup episode, yeah. But the week is hard too because you're at work all day, and then with you, you got your son, you got after school activities. Me, mm-hmm. I think I just be tired. I think I, it's just the age thing for yeah, me. I yeah. come home and I'll be like, that, "That's me too, work. girl. I'm I am tired." <laughs> yes, and that's me. If I don't have nothing, girl, I take advantage of just laying there. But yeah. you're right, and I had to. Being um happy hundred episode girl by the way. Yeah, happy hundred uh, episode. <laughs> um, I had to really tell people, and I had to use the word non-negotiable. <laughs> um, Sunday I record my podcast, non-negotiable. Um, Tuesdays I have the commitment with Young Black and Widow um, to attend that you know support group, non-negotiable. I would not give up that, that that time slot. And people can either take it or leave it. And that's what I had to do because before I used to be like, well, maybe, and blah, blah, blah. And I know with that, it's not as serious. I can really be like, but I promised myself being on that board that I would show up. And it was, it, you know, majority of the time, it would have to be something really critical. Like if we had an interview to do, because we have done that before where I say, okay, I'm not going to make it this week. But I don't want to get in the habit of letting other things that is non pertaining to the podcast or the journey <laughs> to mm-hmm. um, come in and take that time because that's what will happen. Oh, you did it the one time. Maybe she is available during this time. No, right. It becomes that much. It, it becomes that much easier. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. So tell us. I'm gonna start with you because I. Where are you at in your journey right now? Hmm. Um, 
Well, I guess I can't say I'm, I'm, I was thinking of a scale, you know, like, OK, where am I at literally on this journey? Mm-hmm. And I mean, this journey to where, you know, um, feeling good about life. Um, I have good days. I'm a very optimistic person when it comes to life in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, you know, I think that possibilities are endless um, and a lot of things. Now, when it comes to love and relationships, Mm-mm. that has always been a challenge. Um, it's just hard. I, I am dating. I'm trying to put myself out there. Okay. Um, but it's, it's hard, like being the, the age that I am, because like I was thinking yesterday, because I had such a long day. My day started early and I was in and out of the house and it was like 8.30 and I was on the phone with a friend of mine and I think he was like getting ready to eat or something. And I was like, oh, it's kind of late, isn't it? And then I looked at my phone and I said, oh, shoot, it's only 8.30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but because I had done so much, it felt like it was much later than what it was. So then I think I think about like my dilemma is like, LaSherman single at 47 is not the LaSherman who was single when she was 25. The things that I wanted to do at 25, you know, the cabarets, I'm going to go to the cabarets. I want to go to, you know, the the nightclubs that got hustle lessons and ballroom dancing. And even though I was a mother at that time, I still had those desires. I wanted to get dressed up and put on a little cute mini dress or whatever. You know, that's what I wanted to do. But at 47, I don't want to do that. I The things that I do when I go out, those are planned events, either, you know, with my sorority or with, you know, another function, like my sister is having an event for um, her business today. Um, her, I'm super excited that I might be able to go. <laughs> I'm so excited, too. I'm so excited, too. But, you know, so it's like those are the types of things that I do. Um, and I have no desire. And it's like if I'm sitting at home on a Friday, I don't want to have to feel like because I'm single, like the only way that I can interact with other single men is I got to get up and get dressed and go out <laughs> at night mm-hmm. after dark at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. That's not my crowd anymore. And so I'm trying to be true to my 47 year old self and say, Hey, I'm comfortable being in the house on a Friday night at eight 30, mm-hmm. you know, watching my TV, doing my hair. That's where I am in life. And the fact that I'm single, I don't think that I should have to change that. Because like the guy that I was talking to, he's actually um, a widower too. And he's early in his journey. He just, you know, crossed the year. We went to high school together. He was actually my prom date. (laughs) Oh, And so I like that he and I, you know, we can have conversations. He lives in North Carolina. Mm. So, um, yeah, but he will tell me sometimes as we both talk about, because, you know, men, men move a little bit faster so he is dating somebody and but but he's also careful to say he's not seriously dating it's like just somebody to hang out with from time to time you know but he often tells me he's asked me stuff like well Sherman are you putting yourself out there like you know well if you're in the house you know you're not gonna meet anybody I'm like I'm always out I feel like I am always out and about you always out yeah so I don't get an answer. He said, well, where do you go? And so he wound up saying that. The, like, said, where the lady, you go? Yeah. So he said the lady he met that he's kind of dating, that he met her in a cigar bar. And I said, I know it's become very popular for women to be going to cigar bars. But I'm mm-hmm. like, I am not a cigar bar person. I don't like the smell of cigar smoke. So I'm not getting ready to put myself in an atmosphere that I don't want to be in mm-hmm. for the sake of meeting someone so i'm trying to be confident that you know when i meet someone it's it has to be in the space that i'm comfortable you shouldn't have to do things that you're not comfortable with for the sake of attracting someone so that's where i am there when it comes to dating and um and then in all transparency um the the guy that 
you know, I have been in a relationship with off and on at this point. We still are in communication, um, but we have not, we, we, we are not back like we're together together. But, you know, we talk, you know, we're kind of keeping a healthy distance from each other, but still keeping in touch, you know, with each other, which, which I'm fine with because um, it just is what it is. I, I think when you, when you get grown and everything is not how you thought it would be like when you are a young girl teenager you think that oh this is relationship we meet we fall in love and everything just you know roses it's not sometimes Mm. it gets messy sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad and you know I've experienced a little bit of all of that but I'm also very proud of I'm very dedicated to my writing uh, as I've always been but I'm definitely looking at this time in my life being an empty nester, I don't have to tear myself away in so many different directions. Like I've always been writing, even when my kids were younger, mm-hmm. but it was so much harder to do <laughs> when, you know, you're like, you're tired from parents and you got to come home and you got to cook and you got to do their laundry and you got to take them to their activities and all of that type of stuff. I'm glad that I, I got through that part of parenting. And so now I'm, an, I'm, I'm constantly telling myself, I look in the mirror and I say, Sherman, there are no more excuses. <laughs> you know, like you can't say, oh, well, I didn't write today because, you know, I had to do this for Taya or this for Nate or this for Kevin. Or, you know, I'm at a time where I could focus 100% on me. Mm-hmm. For the last 20 years, I had to only, I can only give myself so much, you know, of, of my attention, unfortunately. But now I'm, I'm, I'm learning, you know, to really prioritize myself, make myself number one. And so I have my challenges with that sometimes, because then when you don't do it, you're like, ooh. There's nobody around here that I could say, oh, this is your fault because <laughs> I'm the only one here, you know, but I feel good. I'm looking forward um, just to the possibilities of life. And I did decide, I talked to another um, guy friend of mine, on, we connected on um, Facebook and he asked me, what was I looking for? And one of the mm. things that I did say to him was that, I need somebody who was as excited about life as I am. Like, I can't have anybody that you think because you're this certain age, like, oh, life is virtually over. There's, I, I'm, I'm old now. I, I can't, you know, still pursue my dreams and my goals. My philosophy for a long, long time, there was an article that I used to want to write 20-some years ago, and it was, it was going to be called Like, as long as you have breath in your body, you still have life. Mm -hmm. Like, you, anything that you have wanted to do over time, you still have time to do it as long as you are breathing and you are physically able. And then sometimes we even have to look at our physical disabilities because we know all kinds of people who have physical disabilities and they're still able to do stuff. You think about the people who don't have legs and then they're, you know what I'm saying? Like through technology, they're driving and just all types of things. So I think we limit ourselves by so many different things, whether it's, oh, well, I'm single. I can't do this. Or, you know, I don't, I don't have a partner, so I can't go on this, you know, go to this romantic destination why can't you who said you can't you know one of the things i'm i had been thinking about doing for my birthday was like going to that sabaris the jacuzzi hotel mm-hmm. you know whereas it's always advertised you know like for couples you know that romantic getaway but you can romance yourself you know what I'm saying? You don't have to wait for somebody else to be in your life to do that. So I know we're going to talk a lot about the solo dating and, and things like that and getting comfortable with that. Because I don't want to take up all of the time. But yes, I, I'm there. I'm there yeah. for doing stuff by myself and loving on myself and not waiting for a, a gentleman caller, you know, to take me to a restaurant 
that I've been wanting to go to, you know, I'm going to go myself and enjoy myself and be proud of it. Yeah. So, tag, you're it. Where I'm at in my journey (laughs) versus at the beginning, I think I have um, leveled up in my self-confidence. I'm still working on it. I think it's always going to be a um, journey on that. So with self-confidence is the ability to be like, okay, I can attend events and stuff without someone coming with me. Uh, You mentioned something very huge, and I appreciate your transparency about um, your dating life. That's huge because I took a backseat to it. So if he asked me, if your friends ask me what I'm doing, I'm going to be like, nothing. I'm busy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like just like, God sent those two ladies yesterday. Mm-hmm. He'll navigate me in the path of somebody else. But there's a lesson I had to be taught from the last journey, but the last situation I was in. And I'm just going to call it a situation because it was never concrete. It was never um, like we, we're in a relationship, but I emotionally invested. And whenever you're emotionally invested, that's like being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And emotionally invested can be like you're you find yourself locking yourself down to that one person like that you don't open yourself up to any other person mm-hmm. subconsciously not knowing that's what you're doing um as a trait because I'm a leo loyalty is a, a big thing sometimes so I think emotionally I was loyal to that situation and was hoping that it would ever change but now, as I go through it and I had to cut back the efforts that I was given mm-hmm. into that situation, I have um, learned that that person probably didn't feel the same It's what, you know, what I had in my head is probably wasn't what was in their head. And I'm okay with that. I'm confident to know that when I leave, I know I was worth it and you messed up and you didn't, you didn't, you didn't catch on. And it's okay that uh, if you're not the one for them next, like I had to learn the next part because it's hard. It is hard to date out here. It is hard, harder because I believe social media plays a big part. Um, a lot of people meet socially versus uh, being in person. In um, person. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to go to the cigar bar because you go to the cigar bar and nobody talks to you. Which you we went in there. Right. And then cigar. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> not one person said, Ooh, ladies, let me help you out. You want me to try a cigar? So, no, sir, that's not it. When you put yourself out there, it's probably he means like, are you chit chatting and starting up conversations with uh, people that, uh, that are, um, that you want to start up a conversation with and stuff like that. Um, I just don't, I don't, I mean, I get what he's saying because you do have to be out there. You do have to go. You will probably meet people. I feel like we'll meet people as we do our things with our organizations and the jobs and stuff. Yeah, He always always says like, um, like, especially like when it's like the weekend and I'm at home and it's early to him. Like it's only nine o'clock and you're in the house. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And it's also a safety issue. Like if I go out, when usually when I treat myself out to dinner, it's going to be about the six, seven o'clock hour. Like I'm trying to be home by 930-ish or so, you know. I don't want to be out late at night and I'm not going to be out late at night trying to attract somebody because <laughs> you attract the wrong people. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, so... Is that and then like um I I'm more outgoing like I I said this in like a previous um podcast episode is Tanya married Tanya Tanya that was Othello's wife um uh, versus his widow Othello's mm-hmm. wife was actually content she was content at what she was doing she didn't really give in to stuff like my husband wanted he's like you should be in management i don't know why you eat you take jobs where you have to report to somebody when you should be manager you should be that whereas the tanya the widow is you know is in a management managerial role she's in a leadership role actually um she go gets what she wants she gets out you know she's more outspoken she's she thinks about, you know, outside the box. I used to wonder if I could think outside the box. 
You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I been I had been boxed. And that came from like childhood stuff. Like even being a kid, it took her long. I took me longer to catch on to reading activities or, you know, I didn't test well with standardized tests and stuff. I always been in the box, but to be outside the box and be okay with it and stand on your own and stand on your truth. That's something that, you know, as going through this journey that I had to, you know, learn as well, that I had to stand on my own and stand on your truth. And there will be people that will side out you. There will be people I will never, but they're not you. So you can never go off of what they're saying. They're not you. I know I heard to hear, you know, I have mentioned that before. I would hear stuff. Oh, I would never put up with that for my husband. Or, I would never do this to mm. But once they became involved in the relationship, they put up honey with more stuff that I would never. <laughs> and I know that for a fact because I've been in one. Never had done. But when that's when I learned people going to say what they're going to do until they end the situation. Yeah. And then you'll see how they react to certain things. And once I learned that, then I had to learn not to take what people are saying to heart. And that's where I'm at, like working on not taking things to heart because I do take things to heart still. I do overanalyze what somebody says, but being transparent, I have to kind of step out of that box a little bit and look at it like, girl, if this was you, you wouldn't even, they wouldn't even be saying this. And you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, even though this is what they said, what does they action do? You know, by action and, you know, and what has been done that, they're just telling you what they're doing and making a judgment call, but they that's yeah. not what they would do either. So you have to do what's best for you. Yeah. I also had to make a hard decision of choosing myself. Um, it was a situation with a family member that came up and I knew taking that person in or doing anything, it would just hinder my mental health. Um, and it would be um, almost... Um, psychotic like for me to do that and I had to be like no and I had to be the bad person several times um but it's okay to choose myself and it wasn't just choosing myself I had to do I had to choose Ox what makes Mm. Ox have a better life what makes Ox have a peaceful life because that was something that my you know my husband always preached about when married to me i love coming home Mm. it's peaceful it's not a lot of arguing we're not yelling it's a peaceful and i love coming home and that's exactly how i wanted ox to be like he loves home you know why he likes home he come home he watches little tv he does what he wants to do taking in somebody under my space would (laughs) have been too much you know what I'm saying? Already, because I'm already dealing with a son who um, has um, ADHD. So getting him to do homework assignments, then going behind cleaning and doing this, and then now you coming in with your stuff. No, this is my house that I was building with my late husband. He's no longer here. So now it's me and Ox's house that we're building together. And no, you would not be able to come in on my territory. This is just not what you know, ideal, you know what I'm saying? So I had to choose me because it's not a quick stay. It's never a quick stay. Never, never. It's never a quick stay. And like they always say, yeah, easy to let somebody in, yep. harder to get them out. Yep. And then no matter what you did, you would still been the bad person. So now I'm the bad person who didn't do it, versus the the person that would let you in and then you would have dogged and it would just been too much. And um that's another thing too, because when people see you by yourself single, they think they can invade and, mm. and manipulate. Yeah. yeah. And so you you want to make sure that you are confident in yourself, and it's hard. You, I do battle with that, but I have so many uh, clues from God that tells me I made the right choice. Yeah. And it's not a wrong choice. That's the thing. When you choose as yourself, you're not being selfish. I'd be like, selfish is a different thing. Choosing yourself is not selfish. And I'm right. Because right, you got to do, you have to do what's best for you. Because that's like, even with my daughter, um, we have a, <laughs> our relationship has been, um, it's transcending. You know, the relationship that we had when she was, 18, 19 is totally different than when she's been 28, been married, 
been divorced, you know, suffered, mm-hmm. you know, miscarriages. She's had a lot of things happen to her and she's dealing with it in the best way that she can. But when you go through things, it can change your relationship with people, right. no matter who they are, mother, father, best friend, whoever. Relationships change. So when she, I could have let her live with me at one point, but I encouraged her to stay in her own place because <laughs> I know that when we come together, because mm-hmm. Her personality, my personality, me being the mom, me being her being the daughter, it would not have been good for our relationship. So I told her, as long as you are financially able to, you know, live on your own, it's best for our relationship. But as your mother, Mm -hmm. you always have a place to come. Like, I would never let my daughter be homeless or go stay with somebody else. I'm the house that you can come to. But I'm like, but it has to be that type of situation. It has to be like, okay, mom, I have to come. And we'll Mm -hmm. work it out. But then I have another family member that she had went through some things and she kind of wants a place to stay. And at first, I I never even considered my place being an option. But like when you just said, when Mm -hmm. people see that you have your own spot, they want to mm-hmm. assess what you have. Oh, wait, you got you got an extra bedroom? Oh, you got two extra bedrooms? They start making plans for your space. And I yes, had to ma'am. come to terms for myself, too. Like, even with that, that particular family member, and then I had another family member that was about to put themselves in a situation where they may not have had a home to go back to. And mm-hmm. I was really worried because that particular family member... I would have really felt compelled to be like, okay, you got to come here. But I really didn't want to be in that situation because Mm -hmm. I know that I need space to myself. Like I've been around people since the day I was born. You know, I had an older sibling. Then I had a younger sibling. Then I never got to live by myself. I went, got pregnant at 18, had her at 19, got married. So it was like, I've constantly been accommodating other people. Oh, let me just, when I go grocery shopping, oh, let me get with this person. Like, what do they like? What do they like? I forgot about what I like because <laughs> I'm so busy getting what everybody else likes. Right. And so I feel that this time in my life, it's like I get to rediscover me. And like mm-hmm. you said, I get, being selfish is not a bad thing in all cases no. to think about yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, because I, I mean, I because I never had to put myself in that position, so it was very uncomfortable. But I had to do it, not once, but twice. And that, again, it comes back to my mental stability. Yeah, I could have, but mentally, I would just cave in. Mentally, it would have been more hurt and more painful um, to do that particular um, accommodation. And it would have made it more of a strain. Like there's a strain now. It would been. It would just been um, done. I think I would have just been done. Like it would. And then you'd be look. You'd be coming home to a stressful situation yeah. in your own house. And I'm like, nobody should have to do that. Yeah. And nobody felt like they that. they wouldn't have. Yes, they would have. Like there's been <laughs> repeated history out there. So it's like it, it, it's just. It's a lot, but that's something alone in the journey for the first time I chose myself. And I wish I had chose myself um, at the beginning of the journey when when I made that trip down to be the best woman or the best man Mm -hmm. on my husband's behalf. Mm -hmm. I didn't choose myself. I chose that person and his particular wife. And if I chose myself, I would have came out in the long run, so much better, so much healthier mentally. Um, so that was the first time um, that I should have chose myself. I didn't choose myself. And when you choose yourself and you, okay, you know, you stand on what you chose, You it, it just is a different mindset. Again, my goal is to make my son have a better life. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And don't get me wrong, it ain't all quiet up in the house. No, it's not. He's a um, right. He's a little kid. <laughs> yeah, little eight year old. But one thing he won't say is that he was miserable. You know, say one thing he won't say is that, you know, because if you put kids in environments, as we all know, and that's why we up here healing our inner child now, it creates trauma. So yeah, he had a trauma of grief and not being around, you know, certain people, but he won't have the trauma of the drama and the, the you know, mental and physical that's going on. You know, it he, he would have a better way of coping. And then it also, he's, you know, learning about seeking help. You know, I'm very big on therapy, therapeutic assistance sometimes. So just knowing that and being able to do that and just being able to be there, you know, present with him. This is, like I said, this is huge. It's a huge thing, but that's something I learned. And I know we're going to have, uh, along with this episode, we have other guests that have been on the show that's going to provide you an update as well. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to hear from them. Um, it's just going to be good updates from around the widow community and hopefully to encourage mm-hmm. other widows where wherever they are on their journey that there is um there's hope there's happiness there's joy still in this journey right you know and we'll be back with another update next time. <laughs> right? Because the journey always changes. That's, that doesn't mean this ain't the soap where the storyline ends, you know. And, well, maybe it is a soap because the, if you notice on the soaps, they, oh. the storyline never ends. Right. It, it can always come back. It, it can always come back and it creates a new storyline. So, yes, the story, the, the widow journey, life does it always uh Life doesn't end to death. And as you can see, they still live on. You see what I'm saying? So um, in the spiritual form, but we want to, you know, there's chapters to life. So, yeah, this is where we had in our journey on October of 2023. Um, and next October, we might be in a different spot. So we always yeah. want to give you the the uh, real and everything. And I hope you enjoy the other uh, guests that discuss their journey. Right, and again, happy 100. Happy 100. Hey, everyone. It's the wild widow herself, Katoy Roussel. I have been a widow for going on three years now. Um, Last time I was on Conversations Between Widows, I spoke to you all about my grief support group called Living Life After Loss, where we learn tangible skills that we can go home and kind of help cope with our grief. I still have living life after loss, but we took a brief hiatus while I went back and got my certification to be a sexual wellness and embodiment specialist. My goal is to create a business called the Wild Widow Society, where I coach widows on sex, intimacy, safety, boundaries, self-reflection, self-awareness, self-confidence, and help you become a stronger you and help you to choose you. The last two and a half years, I have literally had to choose myself. Um, Honestly, didn't have a choice, but I had to choose myself. I have been raising my two littles. They are doing amazing. Um, I have purchased my first home. I have laughed. I have cried. I still miss my husband and I still grow. I've dated, which has been so much fun, but also way too complicated to the point where (laughs) nobody wants to date anymore. It's ridiculous. But life has been well. Um, I still grieve. Y'all know how grief goes, but... That is what we do as widows. We stand stronger. But for 100 episodes, that is amazing. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Conversation Between Widows has definitely become a staple. Um, You guys are amazing. I have enjoyed every second of listening and learning about you all's journey. And I will continue on my own journey as well. 
when I first sat down to speak with Conversations Between Widows, I was not quite a year into my widowhood journey. And I was in a really, really bad place. I was processing still. I was hurting. I was uh, in a dark, dark space, in a dark way. Um, at that time, I'd been distancing myself from family and friends and kind of hiding. And it was a really difficult time for me. And now moving into year three, um, it has still been a difficult time for me. However, I've taken the time over these past couple of years to to really work on myself, to really process, to understand the trauma that I've gone through and to really um, be intentional about my healing and my process and my um, my plan for the future. Uh, I'd love to say that, you know, this this part of the journey is easier and that I am in a significantly different place than I was. Unfortunately, I don't know if I can say that wholeheartedly and honestly. What I can say is that I am in a space where I am so much more hopeful, encouraged, um, and looking forward to what's in alignment for me. I was at a point where those things didn't matter. I was not looking forward to my future. I was not hopeful. I was not encouraged. And today I have hope. Today, I have encouragement. Today, I can honestly say that there are days that I experience joy and I'm intentionally seeking happiness and peace. And that is, that is what I'm holding on to right now, moving towards year three. Um, I'm going out more. I'm hanging out more. I'm being more social and I'm just getting back to myself and trying to establish my new normal. And so moving into year three, that's where I am. Um, I still have significant ways to go. I still have so much more to, to work on and to work through, but I am doing the work. And I'm proud of where I am and how far I've come. So I'd like to thank Conversations Between Widows for being a platform that we can process and and learn about other widows' journeys and wid widowers' journeys and find community. So thank you, Conversations Between Widows, and happy 100th episode. This is SJ. It's been great. How amazing is it that Tanya and LaCharmin have reached their 100th episode of Conversations Between Widows. I am so amazingly proud of the support that they have given to the widowed community over the last two years. I'm Azure Johnson Redman, nonprofit founder and certified grief coach of Young, Black, and Widowed. And we have grown so much in the last two years. It's amazing. Next year, I will be a speaker in two places in, in Florida at photo conferences. And um, this year, I'm happy to report that we have been able to be a part of a wonderful book called Widowed Parents Unite, 52 Tips for widowed parents from one widow to another for the first year. So Tanya and I got a chance to contribute to that. And I actually was able to write the forward, the introduction to this book. And that has been so wonderful to share my parenting tips. But speaking of parenting, where are my kids at now? Oh my goodness, they are now both in kindergarten and they are thriving absolutely thriving. 
And with the addition of our wonderful fur baby of ginormous Siber blue-eyed Siberian Husky named Winter that serves as my child's service dog, as well as a certified love-on-a-leash therapy dog, we have actually been able to visit local widows and widowers and enjoy pet therapy with other people who really need it. And they've also been able to take him to conferences for, he, so he'll be at the Modern Widows Club conference here in a few weeks um, in St. Louis to provide pet therapy for everyone. And we could not be more excited and elated about that too. My children actually love camping and hiking and being in the outdoors. They're part of a wonderful Cub Stout troop. But even as a family, we actually go camping throughout the Southeast, which is amazing for a family with a child that has um, level three profound autism. And he has overcome so much to be biking around without his training wheels all throughout different parks and to enjoy kayaking. So we have three kayaks and um, my, me and Holt and Matthew just go out on the water here in different places in Chattanooga, at Greenway, at Coolidge Park, etc. And winter gets in too. He gets in the kayaks and he absolutely loves going around with us. So our ability to have this wonderful family time and this joy has grown so much. You can find us traveling and having fun and enjoying the outdoors. And my kids just being these amazing, strong, happy little boys. And I'm so glad to see that they have that wonderful spirit about them. If you're looking for support, join Young Black and Widowed for a support group where you can chat with us online at eight o'clock Eastern time every single Tuesday. We have been doing that for three years. And a lot of times we discuss what the topic was in conversations between widows the weekend before. We can't wait to have you be a part of us. We are so happy if you have grown and no longer need our support group as well. And we look forward to seeing you at upcoming widows conferences or around the U.S. And if you are a little bit further in your widowhood journey and you are ready to meet up at like the last thing we did was going to a Beyonce concerts or going to the NAACP National Convention in Boston or going to the Modern Widows Clubs um, upcoming um, widows conference in St. Louis or Soaring Spirits International Conference that's coming up in spring in um, in Tampa. We can't wait to see you join us, visit with us, travel with us. Literally, we love you. And even if we can't ever see you, oh, we're so happy that you're here. And we're so happy that you got to be a part of us virtually. Congratulations, Conversations Between Widows.